phones or whatever. This is my Bible. It's the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. Say that one again. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. If you didn't bring no enthusiasm, you ain't going to be able to go where I'm trying to get you to go today. So I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. Say it like you got some enthusiasm. I'm enthusiastic. Amen. I know that. Faith coming by here and hearing by the word of God. Amen. In the Bible, in uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 9, you'll find these words. It said, then the multitudes. Somebody say multitudes. A lot of folk. We ain't got We got enough to let the heavens and the angels in heaven know that something is happening here on earth. Amen? Amen. So it said, then the multitudes who went before, before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna. Somebody say Hosanna. Hosanna. Somebody say Hosanna again. Hosanna. Saying Hosanna, son of David. Blessed is he who come in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen? You may be seated. Well, today on this Palm Sunday, uh, we want to uh, speak from this thought simply, Hosanna. Somebody shout Hosanna. Hosanna. And now, Hosanna is the Greek transliteration of the Hebrew or Aramaic word Hoshina, which is, you know, a little bit difficult because we don't often use the Aramaic or Hebrew when we talk from the Bible. We normally use a Greek transliteration. And so, therefore, we say Hosanna. And it was the cry that the people cried out to Jesus when, when he came into J Jerusalem on the Palm, what we consider Palm Sunday, and what is considered, as Brother Cliff has already said, his triumphal entry. So the mindset that we're trying to set day, today is that you got to really have it in your heart that you believe that Jesus has already entered into your life and because your heart is connected with it, I want to see you praise him at a whole different level. I want you to apply to the best of your ability what you thought these folk was doing in Jerusalem. Amen? Now, y'all saying amen, but like I say, there's going to be some participation here in a minute. So, so now, this was all happening the week before his crucifixion. So this is a very important week in the Christian faith. You know, Passion Week, Jesus did a lot of things during this week, but then the culmination is in his crucifixion and the resurrection. Now, Hosanna is best translated as a prayer of praise and adoration, which says, save now. Somebody shout, save now. Save now. I didn't say, say, save now. I said, shout, save now. Now, so it's a difference, amen? Now, let's do that in unison. Save now. That's a whole different sound than just saying save now. In the Bible, it got an exclamation point behind it. So now, save now. In other words, save us, Lord. We beg you to keep us and to preserve us. It is taken from Psalms 118 which as a whole was a declaration of confidence in the Lord's ability to save for his salvation. In other words, it was made 
when they was believing that they was worshiping and serving someone who could truly deliver them from whatever they was going through. So in, in 25 and 26 of Psalm 118, you find these words, it says, Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. In other words, they were saying, God, we want to be successful in whatever we do. God has no problem with you being successful. And in fact, you ought to be successful in anything you do. The thing is, you can't let your success or the results of your success become your God. So therefore, a lot of times we hear prosperity, the first thing we think of is money. But the Bible is a lot deeper than just your finances. I mean, your prosperity, I mean, you ought to be successful on your job. You ought to be successful in your marriage. You ought to be successful in your health. In every aspect of your life, you ought to say, God, allow me to be prosperous. I want to be prosperous in my peace. I want to have a level of peace of mind that I know that you're involved with my life, and therefore, God, I can be prosperous. I can be successful. And then look what he says. He says in verse 20, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Then he says, we, somebody said we. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Now, today, we consider the church where you are the house of the Lord. So now, if that is true, then we have to bless him from the house. You're in the house, so it's time for you to give him a little blessing. And the way you bless him in the house is to give him praise. So let's take you about 30 seconds, stand on your feet, and let's just take a praise break. However you feel like the Lord wants you to praise him, with your palm in your hand, give the Lord your best praise. Give him what you think he deserves. Because this is his house. We come to lift him up. We come to magnify him. You got to see that this is what the people of Jerusalem were going through when they was trying to praise their Lord. They were trying to exalt him. They saw who he was and they wanted to acknowledge that. Some of them went so far they took off their clothes and laid them down before him. I'm not going to ask you to do that today, but look here, I will say, wave your palm. Let the Lord know that you love him. Let the Lord know that you adore him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. That's just the first one. We're going to get better. Somebody say better. We're going to get better. Now that you have seen the end game, now we got to really act like we won the game. There's a different celebration. You know, even though I was pulling for South Carolina the other night, that was a different celebration in Iowa. Because even though it was a good game, only one team celebrated. Celebration has the context of winning something. And unless you, don't, you feel like you don't want something, you won't celebrate. So what I'm trying to get to, to you to believe today is that you are a group of winners. And I need for you to carry yourself and act like you're winners and not losers. Because there's been too much pain for you to celebrate. So the residents of Jerusalem met Jesus carrying palm branches and hailed him as the one who came in the name of the Lord. They included in their acclamation a plea for 
salvation. Waving the palm branches was a general expression of jubilation, a shout in triumph. And so now Jesus entered as their Messiah and their victorious king. And that was represented in prophecy when they were living out what was prophesied in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. It says to them, rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. rejoice. Normally whenever the Bible tells us to rejoice, it comes with shouting. Tell us to be happy about something. It tells us to act like God has done something for us. It says, rejoice, O people of Zion. Somebody say, shout. shout. It says, shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Well, we ain't in Jerusalem right now. So I ain't talking to the people of Jerusalem, Cliff. I'm talking to the people that's inscribed. So when I read this, it says, shout. Somebody say, shout. Oh, people of striving. So right now, I just want, let's take another shout break. Can we do that right now? Now that you know the Bible, hey, this don't just apply to Jerusalem, this apply to striving. Can we just, you know, this is, you know, Palm Sunday don't come once a year. And you know, we don't do this every Sunday, but maybe we ought to. Maybe we ought to. Maybe there ought to be a time where we praise God in a way that we don't normally praise him on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But we ought to have enough reverence that God, we done saved up some of you on Sunday. We done shout about some minor things, but today we realize that, that we have the victory. And therefore we want to declare victory because of you. Not because of anything we have done, but because of what you have done. God, you gave us the victory, so we shout, hallelujah. We wave our palms and say, hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to your name, God. Y'all may be seated. That's number two. That was all right. But that wasn't jubilation. He says, O people of Jerusalem, he sa it says, look, your king is coming. He is righteous and victorious. I mean, he's going to do things right. He's going to act in accordance with the Lord. But not only that, he is victorious. He's a winner, but yet he is humble. Riding on a donkey. Riding on the donkey's coat. In other words, normally winners, kings did, or those who had won battles, they came in town riding on stallions or horses. It's the first time we're going to see today in a minute that it's recorded where Jesus rode something. And he rode on a donkey's coat which is a baby donkey. I'm going to call it for the lack of a better term because some barbers call them something other than a coat. But, you know, it was a donkey's coat. Not a bad term, but just a donkey's coat. So that means that the coat had never been ridden on before. It was a coat that was worthy to be used to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus rode into Jerusalem in what we call traditionally Palm Sunday, hence palm. Now, when I did my study, palms wasn't the only type of branches that they was waving. They were waving a whole lot of other branches. In fact, the study don't say they even call them palm. They just say various branches. But not only that, it said that it was a symbol of majesty to take off a garment and lay it before your king. And so these people were waving their palms, and they was taking off outer garments and laying them before their so therefore, the next time we get to this point, I got to get some jubilation. Y'all just act like somebody see y'all on TV. 
that you in the stadium and the camera done all of a sudden hit you for your team. Then got that. You know, I'm pretty sure if you was a fan of whoever that hit that last shot last night with seconds on the clock, if you know, if, if you was a fan of that team when that shot went in, somehow jubilation would just start all over you. You know, you would have jumped out them seats. And see, I want to use that practical example to get you to jump at your seat for the Lord. Because he done hit more than two points for you. That may have been a three-pointer. But Jesus got to be better than three points. He got to be better than three-pointers. So, this was a command for the people to rejoice and shout because the king had come. Jesus was the righteous. Jesus was righteous in all that he did, and his purpose for coming was to bring salvation to those who put their trust in him. At this coming, Jesus did not bring judgment, but he brought grace and forgiveness. See, the Bible says, but God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That's coming later. This time it wasn't about condemnation, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen? Somebody shout Hosanna. Somebody shout Hosanna again. Now, if we go back to our text in Matthew chapter 21, we're going to take a closer look at it and see how Matthew recorded this celebration that we are about to have. Amen? But I want to start in verse 1, and then we'll get to the high point to just kind of bring you up to how all this played out. And there's a couple of things that I think we can learn from what went on before the celebration when Jesus gave his disciples instructions to go and get the donkey and the donkey's coat that he would ride in on. It says, now look in verse 1, in verse 2, it says this, and I want you to see divine instructions. It says, now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, at the Mount of Olives, it was called the Mount of Olives because there was a lot of olive trees over there. Olives were one of the primary things, uh, fruits, uh, vegetation, I don't know if it was the fruit or whatever, but it was the primary thing that, that was used during that time. And olives was very expensive and, and because a lot of things was created from the olives. But what we see is that it was, it was near the Mount of Olives, which was on the outskirts of Jerusalem. Jesus now calls two of his disciples. The Bible don't say which two. Some people speculate, you know, he did have an inner circle. It may have been two of the three that he normally ran with. But since the Bible didn't identify, we're just going to say it could have been any two of you that the Lord is calling, and he's sending you on an assignment. And when he sends you on that assignment, he's giving you specific instructions of what you need to do. All of you got to see yourselves as being assigned to do something in God's kingdom. And when he assigned you to do it, it's going to be clear to you what you need to do. God and the Lord is not going to assign you something and make it a mystery that, that you can't figure out and somebody else got to interpret for you. It's okay if someone come alongside and confirm what the Lord has said to you, but if he wants you to do something, he's bold enough to tell you himself. So he now he gave two of his disciples some instructions saying, go, somebody say go. 
the command go means you got to get up and do something. Amen. I mean, we come here to learn, but we need to go and do what we've learned. Amen. He says, now, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and with a coat with her. Loose them and bring them to me. Clear instruction. Jesus had an ability to see things that everybody else could not see. So spiritually, he knew exactly what the situation looked like. A lot of times when things come up in our life, God already knows what the situation looked like. We just need to trust him because we don't see it right now. And that's where faith comes in, is that sometimes God sees things that you don't see. But he don't have a problem giving you instruction that you need so that you can see what he sees. And, and if you're going to be successful, you're going to have to learn to see some things that in your mind that you can't see in your natural, with your natural eyes. And then you got to walk by faith and trust God for the outcome. Because the more you walk, the more you will. If they had stood right there, they would never saw the donkeys. They had to believe that, hey, that was some donkeys waiting on us when we get there. It would have been easy. Well, show me the donkey before I start walking. No, you got your instructions. You start walking, and then the donkey's going to show up. He said, now, and when you get there, in verse 3, if anyone say anything to you, you shall say, somebody say, the Lord. You shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately, he will send them. Now, the Lord was a term that signifying that someone would have Authority who's asking for something. The Greek terminology is curios, which means someone in supreme power. So now get this. The Lord has need of you. See, it's easy to make him savior. Because we all want to be saved from our sin. But the hard test is are you going to make him is he going to be the supreme being in your life? Is he going to be the one that when he gives you instruction, you will follow them? So he says, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Now look at this. We see Jesus' royalty coupled with humility in verse 4 and 5. He says, all this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet. We read that earlier, but they're going to come back here now and again, Scripture support itself. What is said in the Old Testament is now part of it. It's used here in the New Testament. That's why when I talk to people about God's Word, you just can't be a New Testament Christian only. It's good that we have the New Testament, but there are a lot of things in the New Testament that comes from the Old Testament, and it gives you a better understanding of how God operates when you connect the dots. And once you start connecting the dots from old to new, then that when certain things in this Bible that is not extremely clear to you, you can go back and say, I'm going to connect the dots. And I see God has a pattern of doing certain things a certain way. So even though it don't clearly say he did it here, I got to believe he's the same God. And what he did back there and what he did there, what he did there, even though it's not recorded here, this is what the outcome would have been based upon how he operates. 
You got to know and understand how, God's, how God operates, and you do that by having an understanding of his word and being led by his spirit. So he says, now look, all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, tell the daughters of Zion, behold, your king is coming. Lowly or humbly, and sitting on a donkey, a coat, the foal of a donkey. Your king is coming, but he's coming in a spirit of humility and majesty, and he's coming sitting on a donkey and not a stallion. That's going to be a sign to you that this is your king. And when this is revealed to you, you need to act like you're receiving. Act like you're receiving royalty. Act like you're receiving your Lord and not just your... And give him the praise that is due to him when in your heart you truly know and understand who he is and what he has done for you. A lot of times we make no heart connection to what's in our head. In our head, we know what the Bible says God did, but in our heart, we don't know how to express. And these palms is designed, Billy, Brother Moe, Cliff, to help you get what's in your head into your heart so it'll show forth in your ex. This is not the sermon for you to come and just look and analyze what pastor's saying. This is the sermon for you to participate and do what the Bible said. That was a moment of spontaneous praise that broke out when Jesus was coming in town. And what I want you to do is just let's have a moment of spontaneous praise. We ain't going to rehearse this. We ain't going to practice this. We're not going to call the meeting on Tuesday night. There ought to be something on the inside of you that know what God did for you with Jesus. And when you know your king is coming, you ought to give him some praise. You ought to be able to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. So when you leave here today, let this palm serve as a testimony. Because people going to ask you what it is. You going to the restaurant when you leave here? Go in the restaurant waving your little palm. Somebody going to say, what are you doing? I am glorifying and praising my king. I, oh, God, I know y'all too. Y'all just too holy to do that. Y'all too sanctified to do that. Or y'all too stuck up to do what the Bible Every now and then, you ought to give God some undignified praise where people think you crazy for doing what you're doing because you know who you're doing it. We're going to get a little help here in a minute. Y'all keep standing right now. If you're able to stand, I want y'all to stand in that pole because y'all sit back down. Some of y'all ain't going to get back up. But look here, I want you to stand right there. Come on, read this quick and we're going to get there. He said, now look. They understood this. So what happened is, the Bible says, so the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded, and they brought the donkey and the coat and laid their clothes on them, signifying they understand his majesty also, and set him on them. And look at verse 8. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from trees and spread them. Then, somebody said then. 
then the multitude, then striving. Who went before and those who followed cried out, Hosanna. Somebody cried, Hosanna. Somebody cried, Hosanna. Somebody cried, Hosanna. He said, Hosanna, son of David, recognizing him as king and the lineage that he come from. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Ho! In the highest. Good God Almighty. Now look at this. It says, and when he came into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. In order to get movement, there got to be some enthusiasm. Something was happening that caused the city to get into an uproar. And when the uproar occurred, other folks saw it. And we, they taught us in the military that enthusiasm is if you can start the fire, somebody else will jump in right along with you. But you got to bring your little spark and let somebody else bring that spark. And before you know it, we'll be in an uproar. Right here in Holy Ghost Field Striving, the little sedated church that don't normally stand up, that don't normally pray, that don't normally shout, that don't normally dance, in this little old sanctified, sedated, stuck-up church, the Holy Ghost will show up and we'll praise God like we never praised Him. Because now we understand, oh! <laughs> you know, I wasn't good enough to do this on my own, but while y'all standing... I asked Kurt to come along with me and help me with this. So I, I just went back into the archives because he did it better. But I think y'all may relate to him better than y'all relate to me. So I asked the choir to come alongside Kurt and his group and see can we do this because y'all already know this. And y'all don't pat your feet to this in your car. You know, you done been in another church patting your feet to it. You know, probably even some when you're out of the church at your house dancing to it. Whatever came on you when you heard it then, I want you to hear Jesus and see Jesus speaking to your heart right now as you shout, Ho! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. The song says, you were created for a moment like this. You were created to make his praise glory. Look here, Jesus made you a winner. And every now and then, you just got that. It's one thing to just talk like you're a winner, but every now and then, Somebody ought to see you act like you don't want something. Act like you know who he is. Act like you know what he's done for you. Act like he is your king. He is your Lord. He is your savior. Act like he set you free from everything that bound you up. Just act. And when you start acting out what you are, people will start respecting you for who you are. You got to start acting like you are a winner. You got to start carrying yourself like you're a winner. You got to start talking like you're a winner. And when people see that on a regular basis, they'll start thinking that you are. Anybody can moan, groan, and cry and complain, but every now and then, you just need to act like you don't. Hallelujah! 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 I know all y'all ain't loud like me. I know all y'all pretend that you got a hallelujah. I, I see you out there. I see you out there. Hallelujah. See, you ain't got it in your heart yet. It's in your head to say the word. But in your heart, you ain't never experienced the word. Because if you have experienced the word, your hallelujah would have a shout to it, not just 
Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God, for what you did for me. Hallelujah. I give you the highest praise that you deserve. Hallelujah. When I look back over my life and see what Jesus did for me, all I can say is hallelujah. 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 God put a little bit of emotion in all of us. It comes with the package. And every now and then, ain't nothing wrong with you being a little emotional for the God that you serve. When you worship him, when you exalt him, when you magnify him. Can you picture in your mind what those people were doing in Jerusalem that caused an up? An uproar in the whole city. Somebody said something is going on. Somebody is coming to town. Who is it? These people thought they were receiving their king. Have you received your king today? Finley, if you really, Brother Moles, if you really thought your king was walking down the aisle right now, if in your heart and your mind you really thought you were seeing Jesus, because you can't get that spiritual in your mind, you can't carry this thing out in your body. But when you can get that in your you'll forget about major, you'll forget about what folks think about you. You'll forget about who may be looking at you. You don't care, man, I'm a winner now. I'm supposed to make loud announcements. I'm supposed to shout. I'm supposed to raise up the trophy, the belt, or whatever it is I've won. I'm supposed. We gotta start doing the thing that we are supposed to do when we know who we are. Time out for our stuff. Ron, Ron, I know it's hard for you back there, buddy, but look here, you got to get in the same mind you get when you say something, when you hit something, when you get something. Wayne, we got to get into that. I'm through preaching. I told you I was through. Let's get a Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah again. Somebody shout hallelujah. 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 Hosanna. Adoration, joy, and So that was the objective today. Just to have a Hosanna moment. A Hosanna experience on this Palm Sunday. Now if you don't remember nothing else, when you hear somebody say Palm Sunday from now on from the rest of your life, you're going to remember this at Don't y'all make me go there. Because y'all got some things y'all remember. And every time they come back, you get a certain feeling. Because you read. Don't forget the experience. Live it out. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Give the Lord a hand clap and praise one more time. Hallelujah. 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 Every head bowed and every eye closed. This time we want to make several appeals. Our first appeal is for salvation. 
Jesus came so that you could be saved. That's why these people were shouting. They thought he was their savior. He is the Messiah. He is the one that is going to deliver us from all the things that's keeping us from experiencing God's best in our lives. So that same appeal is going out to you right now. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I ask that if you would just raise your hand. If you're online, we just ask that you just send us a high message or something to let us know that you want to give your life to Christ. So if that is you and you're in the house, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. My second appeal is for membership. If you're here or online and the Lord is speaking to your heart and saying that striving for perfection ministry is a place that you can come and learn and grow and, 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 and be what God has called you to be in the earth. If that is the, what is being spoken to your heart and that's what you're feeling in your heart, then I ask that you to raise your hand saying, yes, Pastor, this is the church that I believe I want to grow up in. I want my family to be in. I want to be in. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. If you're online again, send us a message to let us know. Please raise your hand. We just want to acknowledge you. Please raise your hand. Amen. I don't see no hands. Then my third appeal is for the Holy Spirit. You may be here. You've heard about the Holy Spirit, heard other people talk about it. But there is an experience that you can have with God's Spirit beyond just being baptized and being filled when you get saved. There's a spirit that can come on the inside the same spirit that would empower you to live a victorious life. We all continuously need his help, and we need to be filled continuously with his spirit and being with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It has nothing to do with your salvation. It only has to do with your strengthening and your walk with the Lord. If that's something you want to know more about, just please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. I see a hand raised up. Amen. 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 If you raise your hand, I just ask that you go with Brother Anthony, our usher there. Someone will meet you and, and talk to you about what the Word of God has to say about his spirit. Amen. And we thank you for having the faith to trust God enough to believe that you too can be filled with his spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. My final appeal is for prayer. If you're standing at your seat or sitting and you want you know, you got a prayer concern on your heart. I ask that you just get your heart and your mind set for prayer. If you are here and you want to come to the altar, stand, kneel, however the Lord is leading you, please do so at this time. Please do so at this time. Please do so at this time. Whatever the Lord is placing on your heart, I ask you to lift up. Again, I'm going to put somebody on the spot. I know. They're going to be shocked. But Sister Carolyn, I want you to get a mic. Those of you who are standing, set your heart and your mind for prayer. Believe that when the righteous cry out, God will hear you and answer your prayer. If you want to touch and agree with someone, we can have ministers to come alongside the walls and agree with you in that way. We just ask that you make a decision to do that, make a decision to move. Those of you who know the power of prayer, you can be interceding right now, either on your own behalf or yourself, or on behalf of someone else that the Lord is placing on your heart right now. This is the moment that God gives us to be able to communicate with him. He is our Heavenly Father. And we don't have to go through a multitude of people to get to him. All we have to do is 
acknowledge who he is and believe that Jesus has rent the veil to the temple and you can come into his presence. Hallelujah. Sister Carolyn, just trust God and whatever he lays on your heart, we're going to believe it's for this moment. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus right now. We come before you, dear Father, humble, dear Father, lay before you bare, dear Father. Yes, Lord. We just want to thank you, dear Father. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for who you was. Thank you for who you are right now. Thank you for who you're going to be in the future, Father. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus, dear Father, just for being you, dear Father. Yes, Thank Lord. you right now, dear Father. Father, right now, as I stand before you, all I can say is thank you. That's enough. Thank Hallelujah. You, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you for her, everything that you have done, dear Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you for protecting us, dear Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Yes, Lord. Thank you for our children, dear Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you for children, dear Father. Thank you for the good, the bad, the ugly that comes with them, dear Father. Yes, Lord. We thank you for your guidance, dear Father. Yes, Lord. We thank you for your love, dear Father. Yes. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, dear Father. Dear Father, right now my heart is heavy right now, but you hear me, you hear us, dear Father. Yes, Lord. And we just say thank you. Thank you right now in the name of Jesus, dear Father. Whatever, whatever, whatever is on your heart, dear Father, whatever is in your mind, dear Father, please bring it before us, dear Father. Yes, Lord. So that we can hear, dear Father. Yes, Lord. Whatever it is, dear Father, please lay it before us, we pray. We pray right now for your guidance, dear Father. We pray right now for your word, dear Father. And we keep thanking you, Father, for the opportunities, dear Father, that comes before us, dear yes, Father. Yes, Lord. That allow us to see you, know you, and believe that you are there. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory <laughs> to God. Hallelujah. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. We thank God.